Welcome to the Supplemental Big Dance Podcast, a special bonus podcast. I'm merely Steve Fezzik. I'm here with Diamond Dave Essler. What a podcast we got planned for you. We're going to go ahead and break down the college. Excuse me. We're not going to break down the college basketball tournament. That was already done on the previous podcast. Dave, you went late into the night with A.J. Hoffman and R.J. breaking down each and every game, right? We most certainly did. Uh, no, it was no. I was wrong. You're wrong. It was not late into the night. It was early into the morning. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. <laughs> so, if you're looking for detailed analysis on each and every game and how the pros are looking to play that, go ahead and go to that podcast. We're going to give you some, I guess, some big picture concepts and the like. Maybe some things that weren't addressed as well in this podcast. We're going to give you some best bets from both Dave. And myself, I'm going to go for my four straight FCS winner as well at the very end. So a football pick. I'll have a couple basketball picks, as will Dave. We'll have a lot of fun with it. Dave resides in Florida. He's out in Vegas. You know what I'm going to lead with is the um, resurgence of Vegas. The neon, in many ways, has been off for like 12 months in this city. And I'm real, I've really noticed just in the last couple of days, I stopped in a sports book to make a bet on the way to this podcast. And I had to wait in line to get my bet in. The sports book was, I would say, 40% full, which is about 33% more full than what I've seen on a typical Wednesday afternoon out here during the pandemic. Dave, did you, you, you don't live out here. How was the excitement that you saw at the sports book? Well, I mean, was, I, what you could, I just went up to 50% capacity from 33 Um you know, you're right. It's a Wednesday, so it's not a good litmus test for me. I think the floor, it seemed fairly excited. The one thing I did notice about Vegas, you can't get an Uber. You can't get a cab. I mean, I left my hotel room two mornings in a row, zero cabs. First day, come on, Uber. Sorry, no cars available. AJ and I had the same problem yesterday morning, so there's still some things to come back, but I think it's getting there. Yeah, very interesting. You know, I was thinking about that, that a lot of people that Uber – from and you're staying in one of the local um, neighborhood casinos, and there probably aren't very many locals that are Ubering in during the pandemic, and and because of that, I wonder if the, if that's the case on the strip. But AJ was on the strip and he had the same problem, right? Uh, we were both at the same hotel. Okay. And, you know, I would grant you that it would probably be more of a problem where we were staying, but you know, none is a far cry from you have a choice of ten normally. Yeah, very good. Let's. Um, Let's move on from Uber to maybe getting some winners here in our picks for college basketball. You know, I'm going to start with a concept I haven't heard anyone else discussing, and that's Lucas Oil Stadium. That's obviously the football stadium that the Colts play in, and they're going to be playing basketball, not just in the Final Four, but they're going to go ahead and play at Lucas Oil. Do I hear food in the background, Mackenzie? Was that food? Yeah. I see eating in my classroom. There will be no E-A-T-I-N-G, no <laughs> eating at Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I am Mr. Hand. So no more eating, Mackenzie. Got it? You got it. I'm just disappointed you're not sharing. All right. Lucas Oil. The Big Ten tournament was played there, and we saw an interesting phenomenon in that if you look at the totals, seven unders, six overs. So one more under than over, small data sample. But what I found interesting, Dave, is I went back and looked at the line move on those totals, and I can tell you that three-point shooting initially in these games was poor. I think only Wisconsin shot a decent amount in the early Big Ten games from three. But all the movement on every game was downward. So 
if you look at just the line moves, 12 of those totals from the opener to the close went down. One of them stayed the same. The average movement downward was two points. The pros were betting the football stadium to go under because of the, you know, the difficult backdrop, backdrop to shoot against. I think that phenomenon is likely to continue in the big dance on these select games. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I saw that comment, and I don't disagree with it. But I'm also not on board with it 100% because I, I think that a lot of that was team-specific. I mean, if you look at the offenses in the Big Ten, there just aren't a lot of three-point shooting teams. I mean, Illinois number one. And Ohio State shoots them reasonably well. Iowa. But after that, there's just like a massive drop-off in three-point shooting percentage. So I think, it was, I think it was probably a combination of both, to be honest, because I, I saw those moves, and I saw them later in the week. I would have expected those to happen fairly quickly. Yeah, and what's interesting is then the bracket gets put out, and we're not even told, or I didn't see where we were told, where the games were going to be. So the spreads and the totals came out not knowing the venue. So right. we don't know if they're playing in Hinkle. Right. We don't know if they're playing in Purdue or if they're playing in Lucas Oil. And so I went ahead, and there's six games in the first round. They're going to be playing Lucas Oil. This is the Friday and Saturday games, none of them on Thursday. And the games in particular, I would say on these six games at Lucas Oil, if you like under, I would bet them right now. If you like over, I'm pretty confident that you're going to get a better number at post. So I'm going to lay these six games out, Dave. If you have one that you you like the total over or under, go ahead and chime in as I go through these six. First one, 726, Hartford, Baylor, 141. Yeah, I like the over there quite a bit. I mean, I, I think, you know, Baylor hasn't looked themselves since COVID. And I know the matchup might not. So to say that's a you know that's going to be a 25 30 point game. But I think Baylor needs to make a statement and Hartford can score. So I like the over there if I have to. Very good. So probably we would wait on that one as this as word spreads that about this Lucas Oil phenomenon that everyone is blindly betting unders. Uh the second game uh North Texas Purdue. Now Purdue is used to Lucas Oil because they did play there, uh, but just one game in the Big Ten Championship. They shot 43%, um, I think 35% from three, but only 55% from the free throw line. So you put it all together. They did not shoot well in their one game there. North Texas, Purdue, 126 and a half. Yeah, I'll go under there, and I'll go under there down to probably 123. A lot of people don't know a whole lot about North Texas, but that will be a rock fight. North Texas plays super sluggish. Purdue's not going to make them work offensively in both teams. And North Texas has the 42nd most efficient defense in the country. Purdue's obviously 23rd. I like under. I got to ask you about rock fight because I've heard this term by numerous well, folks Well, I have now. to tell you that I, I did borrow it. Who invented the term rock fight for college? It's never used in the NBA for college basketball under. Obviously, just an ugly game that no one's scoring. Any idea who invented it? No, I think we'd have to get McKenzie to Google that one. I, I don't have a clue. Because I know I know Greg Peterson was a guy that used that uses that term a lot. I don't know if he got it from somebody else. Mackenzie, while we're going through these games, see if you can find out who invented rock fight. You know, a similar term to like boat racing. When you blow somebody out, you boat race them. How a boat race is, you know, similar to an NFL football game. I, I don't know, but it you know, it's a it's a term often used. Third game, Lucas Oil Stadium, seven fifty two. I'm gonna give rotation numbers. Moorhead, West Virginia, one thirty seven, Dave. Yeah, I think that'll be an under game as well. I think Moorhead will play slow enough. At West Virginia, they live and die by the three, which I think, as you mentioned, the sight lines in here, they haven't played there. I don't think they're going to get their normal complement of points. And honestly, I don't think Moorhead State can against West Virginia. That one 
I will take under. All right. Next one, Missouri, Oklahoma, 141. I saw now that just breaking news, Oklahoma is missing one of their guards. I saw that the Oklahoma went down from minus two to minus one. I assume that probably helps the under as well. Your thoughts on that total? Yeah, I don't have a huge opinion on that one. I would instinctively want to take the under. I think Oklahoma is seriously overrated. Missouri's claim to fame is defense. Missouri will slow Oklahoma down. I, I got a I lean under, but I don't like under. You know, I got. Let me ask you about Oklahoma. You say they're overrated. I agree. It sure seems like that Oklahoma was in some good spots. Some some pros backed them. The line would move. They'd take a shot, and Oklahoma would just keep coming up empty against teams like Texas and Oklahoma State this year and Kansas. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean they. They had their peak early in the season when they beat Alabama 66-61 at home. They beat Texas pretty badly on the road, but it was kind of downhill from there. I mean, I think three of their last four wins were over Iowa State. They lost five or six coming in, and they just come in here with no momentum at all. So I'm not buying the early. I didn't buy the early season then. I certainly don't buy it now. I'm not a Long Kruger fan either. Yeah, and even the Big 12 win, I know they played Iowa State laying about 12 and and Check, didn't, didn't cover. Yeah, checked a score. I know they were up big, but they're up like six at the end of the game. So not exactly a ringing endorsement of momentum for that Oklahoma team. Uh, next game, again, all these games are at Lucas Oil. All these games we think are going to get bet down. So if you're going to play the under, play them early. If you're going to play the overs, consider waiting till close to tip. You uh, see Santa Barbara, Creighton, 138. Oh, I like that one under. Um, Santa Barbara plays really slow. Uh, Creighton has no answer inside for, uh, what's his name? Uh, sorry, uh, Miles Norris. Um, I, and, uh, you know, Creighton have one way to win, shoot threes, and again, different sight lines. Creighton's tiny. I think Santa Barbara will slow that game down. I will go with Jan under there, too. I saw Santa Barbara's second leading guard scorer is, um, has an injury he may or may not play. That certainly would lend itself to the under as well, and it doesn't look like they have any depth at the guard position. They well. don't. They don't. I'm with you there. Very good. Last one, Abilene. This is rotation 790. Abilene against Texas, 140 and a half. You know, I'm going to take the over there, and I'm kind of doing this blind. I, Texas is playing a little bit quicker than they have in the past. Texas can shoot threes. Abilene will push them. I, I like that game to be closer than I think a lot of people do. So that is one of those games that if it doesn't go over sort of on its own, I can see a lot of late points there. So I, I will lean over there. So six games in Lucas Oil early. I'll summarize them. Again, these are games we're going to look. Um, if we're going to play that under, we want to bet right away, play over. We'll look later. 726 Hartford Baylor, 732 North Texas Purdue in a rock fight, Dave says. 752, that's an under. 752 Moorhead, West Virginia. 766 Missouri, Oklahoma. 768 UC Santa Barbara, Creighton. 790 Abilene, Texas. Have we found the origin of the term rock fight in college basketball? Just more questions. A lot of people on the internet are figuring out the same thing. Everyone seems to understand it means a low-scoring game. No one knows why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get back. Well, if nobody's taking credit for it yet, and you can create a Wikipedia page, I'll own it. You coined it. <laughs> Dave Esler coined there the term you go. rock fight. All right, let's go to uh, my next under-the-radar concept. Um, let's go to Mackey Stadium. That's where Purdue plays. And there's going to be three Big Ten teams that are going to go ahead and get to play their first tournament games there. And I think it's an advantage. I think it's a double advantage. One, I think that just having played there during the regular season, you know the sight lines, familiarity, that benefits the Big Ten team. Two, I think that the Purdue fans are Big Ten fans. Let's face it, Purdue, 
doesn't win a whole lot of championships. But I do think that they're loyal to the Big Ten and that they're going to support any Big Ten team that plays in their home stadium. There will be 25% capacity. Let me ask you, Dave, about both these. Let's start with the first. The familiarity, one game. So the teams that are playing Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Maryland are all playing their first games in Mackey Stadium. Um, how much of an edge, if there is any, is there having just played one game within the last few months? I think it's a significant edge, and I think it's a significant edge for another reason that, you know, obviously COVID. You know, they don't have to travel far. And some of these opponents, the smaller schools, you know, not looking at the matchups, Sacramento State or whoever, they have to travel a long way. And in the last three months, they probably haven't traveled more than 150 miles from home. And having those Big Ten teams just in a, in a familiar locker room, I think that's a big advantage. And then the second question, and I know RJ and I are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, and I attribute this in many ways. He uh, graduated magnum sum Cote champion at Ohio State. And I the just, Ohio State. The Ohio State University where they <laughs> clobber everyone and they hate all the other Big Ten teams and they just smash them in the dust. And I'm like the good team player at Northwestern, meaning we never win anything except for chess, tennis, and maybe golf. And because of that, we're very supportive of every Big Ten team. I would think the fans in Purdue would support the any Big Ten team. Would you agree or disagree? I would agree. I, I know where you're going with this. I heard you guys talking about it. I, I, I'm on your side. Yeah, but I, I definitely can see RJ's thoughts that, hey, the Ohio State fans aren't going to support Michigan State or Michigan. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. I, I think it's somewhat selective, but overall, yes, I'm, I'm, on, I'm with you. And I believe there's going to be games in Indiana's um, arena. Assembly home. Hall. Yes, but yeah. there's not going to be any Big Ten teams, is my understanding, in those games. Now, are they 25% fans, too? My understanding is across the state, maybe, Mackenzie, you can double-check me, that it's a 25% restriction, state restriction on the sporting events. That well, it'd be apply. interesting to find out the makeup of that 25%. Are they team supporters or are they people that just want to watch a basketball game? I think that a good chunk of them are going to be people who just want to watch a basketball game because of the travel restrictions, people not wanting to travel and the like. It's I, I can't see there being a big contingent of um, – uh, of fans, you know, coming from out of state, you know, to attend these games. I might be wrong, though. You know, well, that's something we're, we're going to have to track. Um, you know, big difference in you'll, venues. You'll know in the first game. Yes. It'll be there. It'll be yes. evident. And, and, you know, you look at it, you, you got like they're using Hinkle, which is, I think, like 6,600, 6, right. you know, people right. versus, you know, Lucas Oil that's over 70,000. So, you know, that's another thing to look at is that 25% is 70,000 versus 25% is 6,600. Exactly yeah. right. So, the, the three games at Mackey where the Big Ten teams uh, play so Michigan State hosting UCLA, uh, laying two, they played, Michigan State played at Purdue in the middle of February. Wisconsin, North Carolina, Wisconsin catching one and a half. Whiskey did play there in March, so very recent. And right around Christmas, Maryland uh, went ahead and played at Purdue, and Maryland's catching three against Connecticut. You know what? We're going to both have best bets at the end of the show. I'm going to give out a best bet right off the bat here during the show, reward those who are listening to everything. I'm going to go ahead. I'm on Sparty Thursday night, uh, laying the two. In Mackey Stadium, I think that that's a significant advantage. And frankly, two teams going in opposite directions. Um, I know the power ratings right now would make Michigan State just a small favorite, but I love the fact Michigan State 5-3 and three, their last eight, despite playing four top five teams. Had to play Michigan twice, obviously. Uh, I know they had two games against Indiana, but really tough schedule. Still went 5-3. and three. Contrast that to UCLA that is not healthy. Um, I know two of their, their players um, – 
are unable to play right now, and they've lost four in a row. I see two teams going in opposite directions. I don't want to be a creature to random momentum, but I think this is a truly a case where Michigan State's getting better, UCLA is getting worse. I like Michigan State for a best bet. Your thoughts on that game? I can't disagree with you. I, I've, I haven't made that bet yet. I've sat on the fence because actually this is one of those where I thought that line would be a little higher, and I would almost have felt more comfortable laying three because it's two. It's fluctuated one and a half on a couple of sharp books, so I'm a little leery. Uh, by the way, I can't get to UCLA, so it's Michigan State or nothing. All right, first best bet in the books, Fez. Myself on Michigan State, Sparty laying the points. Now let's talk about conferences and how they're going to do in the tournament. I know there's going to be over-unders put up on wins by the Pac-12, the Mountain West, three, the Big Ten, <laughs> etc. And we'll be looking towards those. Maybe I'll be giving some of those props out in my um, college basketball packages. But um, I haven't really looked closely at them. But Dave, one thing I want to look closely at, it's COVID. It's a weird year. I'm really not sure how much better the Big Ten is than the Big 12, and or if they're even better. I think they are. But one thing for sure, I'm going to follow the early results. It's like the precincts coming in on right, election night. Right. Where it does tend to continue. Exactly, although that wasn't necessarily—you know, it's a bad example. This was a weird election year because the early results in this election came in heavily for, for Trump for, for various reasons, and then that didn't continue. But in terms of—I'm not going to go into politics— no politics. <laughs> but in terms of these basketball results, I would say if we go ahead and see really poor results for the Pac-12, for the Big Ten, against the spread I'm talking, I think that that is something that is likely to continue. And I know that it typically the markets don't react to it initially. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with you. To your point about the Big Ten or the Big 12, I think the Big Ten is better top to bottom. I mean, the bottom team in the in the in the Big Ten, I mean Minnesota can beat anyone. Indiana can beat anyone. You get to the bottom of the Big Twelve, you can't say that. Yeah, you know that's um, well. Iowa State couldn't beat anyone. Well, yeah. So so absolutely, that was you know that was boy was that a team that just got crushed. You know, breaking news. I I, I would be remiss since you brought up Iowa State. Um, the UNLV head coach has just accepted a job at Iowa State. So how far has UNLV fallen as a basketball program that our head coach? goes ahead and bails on the team to go to a team that did not win one conference game, but he's in the Big 12, right? You know, good for him. That's all I can say. Good for him. Good luck to him. That's all I can say. Um, as far as good luck and, you know, by all accounts, a real good guy, so we wish, we wish him well. Let's talk a little brackets. And How many brackets do you fill out, Dave? Tim? Oh, I don't know. Uh, probably 10 or 12 by the time I'm done. Mm -hmm. uh, probably none completely by yet. I mean, I just, I just flip too much. I, I have a tendency to try to get too cute sometimes. You know, and I'm... I'm and, and this is, this is to your point, is am I filling out a bracket to try to win and get the most points against a million other people, or am I filling out a bracket just me and you? I mean, there's, there's tons of ways to fill out brackets, so uh, I'll probably fill out a half a dozen or so each way. You know, RJ, I think, is really great at breaking down brackets, and he brings up the point, if it's a heads-up contest, just you against one other person, just take the team that's going to be favored in each and every game. Um, 
The you know what Mackenzie actually has some a bracket promo information because RJ is I tell you, this is strong. He is taking all the feedback from you, Dave, from myself, from AJ Hoffman, primarily AJ Hoffman and yourself, and putting together a dream bracket. And Mackenzie, you've got some information on a promo on that. Yes, 2019. This pregame bracket was the number one selling thing ever on pregame.com. Now we're giving it to you for. Well, it's $64, but we're giving you, if you're listening to this pod right now, a $60 coupon. You know, this is just outstanding in terms of value because I can tell you, if you follow his Twitter, nobody follows the trends, the number of one seeds, the number of 11 seeds that advance in various rounds than RJ. And this is something he just does phenomenally well. And I am, I am shocked that he is giving this great a, a discount, basically giving this away for, you know, with the promo code. So really, really strong stuff. If there's one thing, if you're only going to buy one thing, don't buy from me. <laughs> Go ahead and get this bracket because this is like the best value personally I have ever seen at pregame. McKenzie, you would agree? Absolutely. Like I said, this was the number one selling thing the last time we had an NCAA tournament. And the reason that... We're only giving, we're giving, we're pretty much giving this away is because it's a celebration. It's one year ago about from when everything shut down. And now the tournament is a sign that like the Phoenix from the ashes, we're rising and we're coming back. And that promo code is 6460, ah. 6460, 64 teams, $60 off, 6460, 6460. Well, 68 teams, but I don't want to confuse things. So um, I like that Phoenix rising from the ashes. We'll talk about Phoenix and our bet to win the division here at the end of the pod. We're going to have a little NFL talk, then a little NBA talk. But our prime. Wait, and one thing, Fez, sorry. Mm -hmm. This is not only the legendary bracket from AJ Hoffman, Dave Esler, Fez, RJ. We also have a bonus br bracket if you're in a small pool, 10 or so people in your office or so. So you got two brackets. You got the number one against everybody and specialized for small pools. Thank you. Thank you, Mackenzie. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so a, um, a, a more chalky bracket, I would expect, against 10 or fewer people and a glorious dream bracket to use in contests, more than 10 people. Um, you know, Dave, I want to talk about Gonzaga. Can we talk about Gonzaga? I didn't have enough of that last night. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the first to, to say I've been fading Gonzaga, and I'm in trouble. And I made bets Gonzaga won't win the tournament and against – I took the field. And I made bets the field versus a three-team consortium. I don't know if I'm using that word right. But uh, three-team grouping of Villanova, Baylor, and Gonzaga. I took the field at plus money. And my, one of my theories was that the committee would stick it to Gonzaga – like they did to Wichita State, undefeated in 2014. Wouldn't want that mid-major to go deep into the tournament, and that didn't happen. Gonzaga got a dream draw. They got COVID in, a COVID-infested region with Kansas and Virginia, and they got to avoid Illinois and Baylor on the other side sides of the bracket. And so right off the bat, one of my reasons for fading Gonzaga is no longer there. Now, I still do think... Gonzaga was the best team in December and January. I'm not so sure that's the case anymore because they haven't been battle-tested, haven't played any close games in the West Coast Conference. I guess the BYU game was close for quite a while. And the Illinois, the Illinois, 
uh, the uh, Iowa's, the Ohio State's, the Michigan's all got battle tested. The Oklahoma State's playing all these good teams, and I think those teams got better. And I don't think Gonzaga got any better. Would you agree with that, Dave? I don't think Gonzaga needed to get any better. Honestly, if you look at Gonzaga, they've got they've got three NBA guys. I mean, Jalen Suggs is a lottery pick. Corey Kisper is a mid first round pick. Drew Timmy will go in the second round. I mean, that's I mean that's that's talent. That's tough to compete with. So uh, they don't have a lot of weaknesses. But for me, fading Gonzaga to win the whole thing, it, they are the best team. I mean, they're two to one, and I think Illinois is seven to one. I think that the next the next lowest number. If you correct me if I'm wrong, Mackenzie. Consensus is six to one for six Illinois, to one. second favorite. Um, but they are the second favorite. But for me, you know, I, I can't fade history in the fact that, yes, Gonzaga plays in the West Coast Conference. And to your point, Fezzik, not battle-tested. And how many years has Gonzaga come into this as either the favorite or one of the favorites and not won it? You know, quite a few. So you got, on one hand, the history. On the other hand, this year they, they are clearly the most talented team. You know, McKenzie did some great research where he took a, a look at and looked at teams that were undefeated or had just one loss and how they've done coming into the tournament. And the curious thing is, and if I misspeak, McKenzie, let me know, about two-thirds of these teams make the Final Four, but yet only one of them has managed to win the championship the past 15 years. Is that correct, McKenzie? Yeah, exactly. 10 of 14 teams coming in with zero or one losses made the Final Four. But only one, the 1995 UCLA Bruins, actually took it home. You know, one thing that's interesting about the math is you see Gonzaga 2-1. to one, And then you see the next team, I'm going to make to make the math easier, I'm going to say is 5-1 to one, Illinois. And that looks like, wow, they're light years apart. You know, Gonzaga has a way, way better chance of winning. But if those were numbers that had no vig attached to them, that would mean Gonzaga would win one-third of the time, Illinois one-sixth. So only a twice a, – a, a, only a, um, a double chance for Gonzaga versus Illinois in this in this instance, despite numbers that seem way far apart, two to one versus five to one. But what's interesting is that I know Dave, RJ threw out a bet with AJ Hoffman and yourself. Oh yes, he said, "Do you want Gonzaga, <laughs> or do you want two teams of your choosing?" And oh, by the way, you could have the two teams plus the dollar ten. I think I got better than that last night, Mackenzie. Do you remember? I thought I got plus 130. They were they were talking about plus 135, but I thought they settled on plus 110. Uh, fair enough. I mean, I'm not going to lose. Dave's always <laughs> looking to get the best of the number. I liked no, it. No, so, no. So uh, on the uh, two teams, which two teams did you wind up choosing? Well, I took Illinois, which that would be pretty much a no-brainer for a lot of people. They got a couple of NBA players there. They can compete. They don't have a lot of holes. They played in the Big Ten. The other team I took, I, I most don't want to say this because I know what's coming after I say it. Alabama. And well, the football team? The football. Roll Tide. Roll <laughs> Tide. And, you know, I argued with RJ about it. You heard about it earlier today. Why would I take Alabama? Well, I want two chances to beat Gonzaga. Is Sexton I, back on the team out from the NBA? Do they, <laughs> is he coming back? No, 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 no. They've been consulting with Nick. I mean, we got this. Roll Tide, buddy. <laughs> I want two chances to beat Gonzaga. I mean, I think... For me, Alabama, that's almost like a free roll because it's going to be Illinois and Gonzaga in the final, so I'm going to get my chance, period. But Alabama, I, I, do, I don't want a team in Gonzaga's bracket. I don't want a team that might have to play Illinois before they get to Gonzaga. I want two chances. And I think Alabama, 
being in Michigan's bracket, and Michigan without livers is quite beatable, I think Alabama has a, a reasonable chance to get to the Final Four. So I might have two chances in two days for me to get my 110 ticket cashed. Very good. This uh, this is an interesting question. It's almost like the Monty Hall problem. Which curtain do you want? You exactly. Know? And I want the curtain with the two teams, other than, than Gonzaga, that I feel have the best chance of winning the tournament. And because of that, I chose Baylor. With I, I love your Illinois. I think that's that's really strong, and especially because you know, they kicked ass, kicked butt, kicked butt without Desuma, <laughs> uh, three games, including a blowout win against Michigan, and. Really, the order in terms of who plays Gonzaga and who – I don't see that as, 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 as being part of the mathematical equation. I just did the math. They said, you know what? Gonzaga has about a 33% chance to win this tournament right now with the easy draw. I said Illinois maybe 22%, and I said Baylor maybe 15%. So I just – I wanted to take – if I want to add my two numbers, I want them to be greater than Gonzaga's chance. And because of that, even if they played each other in the first round, if, if the if – the, Odds reflected that, you know, harder strength of schedule, and those were the two um, co-favorites after Gonzaga. Those would be the next two that I personally would take. Well, you're the actuary. I can understand why you would think that way. I mean, it makes total sense coming from Fezzik. And and I but guess I don't I don't think that way. I don't want you want to root for somebody I, to be able to knock Gonzaga I, out. You don't want I don't both want your, I you know yeah. Illinois has the best chance to beat Gonzaga. Would you concede me that? Absolutely. And in fact, I'm going to ask you a question. Well, then I don't want Illinois playing Baylor in the Final mm. Four. If if Illinois if Illinois gets knocked out by Baylor, I'm not going to be happy about that because I don't think Baylor can compete. If Illinois beats Gonzaga, who would you say is the better team? If Illinois beats Gonzaga in the finals, the better team. What would define the that over be? the season? Well, no, the, the power the rating. The perception would go back to well, Gonzaga plays in the West Coast Conference, and that's what they do. Because right now, I think that the perception is Gonzaga is about three points better, well, maybe two and a half better than Illinois. Would you agree with that? Yes. And so, but at the at, at the end of the tournament, Illinois with a harder path, right? And they get to the finals, and the schedule that was exponentially more difficult to get there, and they win, and they win. I think Illinois. We might say, you know what? They were the best team. I would say they're the best team because I'd win six hundred bucks from AJ and RJ. There, there you go. And so, Do you want some of that? So, yeah, I want some of that. You want? Yeah, that's that's good. So, that's so the bet that just to summarize, uh-huh. Dave, you've got Alabama, uh-huh. you've got um, Illinois. Against Gonzaga, if, not, if none of those three teams win, it's just a refund. And you're getting plus a ten. That's against R.J. Bell. Would you like to have that same bet against myself? I would. I mean, that, you know, I would Where's come up. Yeah. Let's go. 300. We're in. I, I mean, like I, I get plus money. I get a one seed, a two seed. And, I mean, just the, the ego of coming out here and just destroying all these Vegas guys would be worth <laughs> winning. You know, I, I probably would feel bad taking your money, but if you want to give me the money on top of the bragging rights, absolutely. You know, this is a great point. Since Dave Hales from Florida, I'm not saying he's a homer, but, like, let me put a map of the, the United States up on the board here, McKenzie. I know where Florida is. Let me take a look. What's, uh, yeah, Alabama's fairly, like, that's in the, that's like SEC. That's like Florida country. I don't have, I don't have SEC basketball bias. Hmm, it's just interesting. I might have SEC football bias. It's just interesting that you chose a team that was kind of geographically oh, in your just, quadrant of the country. Now, now you're taking the actuary thing too terribly far. Hmm. I told you why I took Alabama. It's, it's, for me, it's a math equation. It's not an actuary thing. It's a logistics thing. Fair enough, but you didn't take Colorado. I wonder if I don't, you were because from, I won't take Colorado if they don't have that altitude advantage. You wonder if he's from Aspen, whether that things could have been different. Probably not. But, fair they enough. might have been. 
You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, a little bit of a tangent. It sure seems to me in the NBA, we always talk about Denver and Utah kicking butt during the regular season and then not so much in the playoffs. And does some of that apply in college basketball where you look at the Colorados of the world that they get the, the welcome? You're not at sea level anymore, young man, where they get to host you know, right. UCLA right. And, and desert teams and welcome to the snow. Um, do you think that that inflates or overrates teams like Colorado over the course of a year with that enhanced home court advantage? But, you know, it's, it's a good question. And my answer would be, to your NBA point, I mean, like, I think, and I think, I think people that, bet the NBA that know like the, the Colorados and the Denvers um, that's kind of built into the line. People know that. I'm not so sure they do think about that as much when Colorado's playing somebody from a lower altitude in, in college basketball. I mean, I do, but so I, I don't think it's factored into the line as much as it is in the NBA. Yeah. It's a, that's a great point that, uh, you know, the Denvers of the world are just flying under the radar. And I think oftentimes the odds maker just says, here's the power rating on both teams. Take the difference. Add, you know, the one and a half. Add a point no, and a half. Yeah. For, yeah. for, for, for no crowds. And, and clearly Denver you would, you know, and you know, it, it depends who they're playing. Obviously if they're playing somebody else, you know, if they're playing Colorado state, who cares? Right. But, right. Right. But then if they're, if they're playing against a team, you know, that um, like, well, you, that's a, that's a thing of mine. I'll be honest with you. I will. I might not bet on all those teams playing at home. I never will bet against them. Yes, makes sense. Um, well, what, what what if they they're playing Wyoming? Would you bet against them then? It's possible, but not likely. Mm -hmm. Not likely. You know, and then you go, is that with or without fans? Yes. You know? And then of course you've got your your situational stuff in there too. So. Nothing is ever etched in stone. You know that. Never. I, I never say always. They, I, I tried to yes. tell RJ that last night when he said something about never or always. That's two words I don't try not to use, never and always. Yeah, you can get you can get in trouble with that. Like I think in the you can get in a lot more trouble in the TV show The Office. Someone once said, "Somebody offers you ten thousand to one on anything, you you have to bet on it." If John Bon Jovi ever wins Best Actor, I'll be a very Rich man. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's do a best bet here, Dave. You uh, you're going to give two. You're going to give us two best bets. You've been and as we've been talking, if you can go back to the pod, Dave certainly has opinions on other games we've spoken about. But go ahead and give you one of your best bets for the big dance. Yeah, I, I like Santa Barbara over Creighton. Fez Creighton. They're the same old story. If they hit their threes, they win. Uh, this is a bad matchup. Not only is Santa Barbara a great perimeter defending team. But the Gauchos just won't let Creighton run. If Creighton can't want, run, they're in trouble. Creighton's super undersized almost every position. They don't rebound well to begin with. Creighton has no answer inside, either talent-wise or length-wise, for Miles Norris. Creighton doesn't have an answer outside for Sandy or McLaughlin. So in the end, I think Santa Barbara is, just has way too many ways to cover the plus 20 and a half. And I think this is one of your 12 fives. The 12 might win the game outright. I like USCB plus seven and a half over Creighton. USCB, you know, I, I know that um, Creighton, I believe, not a good free throw shooting team either. I think 64%. No, and because they shoot so many threes, they don't get there very often either. So if you do have a situation where you're down four and the foul fest begins, yep. you're probably going to be okay because they'll miss enough of them not to separate and, uh, and wind up winning by eight. You know, at the end of the show, we're going to go back and Dave and I will have one more best bet each in college basketball. Um, I want to transition from college. But actually, before I do that, Dave, let me ask you, um, dealer's choice. Uh, one more item you want to discuss in the uh, big dance here. Uh, one more in the big dance. We could go four more hours on this, but honestly, we went five hours with it last night. So I'll be happy to let you segue into your next topic, buddy. 
All right. Um, and we do have best bets coming up. And I have got an FCS best bet. And um, uh, Ian McKenzie, do you have a big dance best bet as well? I do not, but we do have another best bet entering the fray from the hitman a little bit later. You know what? Let's let's that's perfect transition. Let's go to the NFL. We're going to discuss some of this free agency stuff that's been occurring. And uh, anyone who listened to the pod last week knows I was high on the Minnesota Vikings, a team that um, had some key injuries to not one, not two, but four select guys last year and with many draft picks. And I know the hitman is high in the Vikings as well. He and I speak oftenly um, throughout really every month of the year. We talk NFL and possible bets. And a hitman's going to look for a big payout on the Vikings. Let's go ahead and listen to his best bet. Best bet, Vikings plus 450 to win the division. I like it all the way down to plus 350. Mike Zimmer is a good head coach, and despite almost everything going wrong for the Vikings last season, he still managed a 7-9 record. I'm expecting the Vikings to get back to the 10-win team of 2019 and compete for the division. We know Green Bay is good, but I'm down on Chicago and Detroit this season, meaning I'm getting plus 450 on what I'm viewing to essentially be a two-team race. Minnesota is getting back their four best front seven players from injury this season and added another excellent front seven player, Dalvin Tomlinson, in free agency. Zimmer's a defensive genius. His track record speaks for itself, and I'd be stunned if this defense was bad again for a second straight season. Offensively, Minnesota had their best offense in years. They finished fourth in yards per play, and they feature arguably the best big three of skill position players in the league in Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. This team is talented and well-coached, and I'm not laying recency bias from an injury-hampered season. Change my opinion on them. Best bet? Vikings win the NFC North plus 450. All right, three, two, one. In Mike Zimmer, we trust the hitman going division title for the Vikings plus 450. Juicy price for the Vikings there. Healthier team. Dave, what do you think? Uh, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I agree with Hitman. It's a, it's a two, two-team race, Minnesota and the Packers. And, you know, when I look at the Packers, I don't think they can get any better than they were last year. I think the whole love thing made Rodgers who he is. If you look at the previous four years, he wasn't that good. I just don't think they can duplicate that. So I can totally back the Vikings at that price to win the division. Yeah, and uh, Justin Jefferson emerged as a great target uh I got a Thielen. You're not going to be able to get plus 450 for very much longer. I would grab that right now. Thielen. Thielen. I get it. I get it. Hitman did say uh, 350 buy price, by the way. Oh, plus 350 is the current buy price. Um, yes, thank you for... So anything better than that. Got to watch that Hitman all the time. He's taking out numbers. You know what? Lots of changes going on in the NFL. I want to go ahead and discuss a few of them, and we'll get Dave's feedback. You know, let's start with um, – we had an interesting discussion off-air about the New England Patriots. Obviously, um, you know, I'm still kicking myself, Dave. Mistake on my part. The Patriots were plus 550 to win the division, and RJ told me, Fez, these guys got over $70 million in cap money, that, and they're going to spend it. The Patriots are going to get better. And sure enough, we saw a number of big-name signings at tight end, at wide receiver. So the Patriots bulking up their entire team on both sides of the ball. Their division odds have gone down from plus 550 to plus 375. Dave, you and I had a little disagreement. I initially set the New England season win number at 8.5. You think it should be higher, though? I do. I do. I mean, 
I think what people are overlooking with the Patriots is their defense. I mean, I got to admit, I wasn't enamored when they signed Newton, but it is what it is. I mean, financially, it made a whole lot of sense. Obviously, you mentioned the free agents, Aguilar, Sanu, Henry. They're going to be better. They're going to get Marcus Cannon back. He opted out last year. Their O-line's going to be better. It wasn't bad last year. They're going to get Patrick Chung and Hightower back, both who opted out last year. So they are going to, they're going to be better even if they did nothing. They were a seven-win team last year, and, and quite frankly, they were horrible. And I went through their schedule, and I found nine games that are quite winnable for them. To, so to cash an overbet, they really only need to steal one more game. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne coming in um, along with Aguilar. So big, you know, big upgrade. So, you know, you've got it at nine and a half. I've got an eight and a half. I think I think we have a possible bet here. Let's set the over under at nine. We'll split the difference. You know what? I still can't get past Cam Newton being able. I don't think he can get them to 10 wins. I want to go under nine. Is that a bet? You're taking over nine. That's a bet. It won't be less than nine. At worst, I'm going to push that bet. Well, I, I, I want to bet the actual results. Okay, and that's what you're saying. You're saying New England's going to win nine or more games. Exactly. Yeah. But if it's nine, it's a push. Exactly. You know, I've been known, the reason I paused, I've been known to bet what the number's actually going to come, not the results. So, well, I mean, look, realistically, I mean, you know how bad they were last year, and they won seven games. Somehow. You think they're going to win, they're only going to win two more? Two is a lot, though. Oh, come on. What this will be another bet. It'll be enjoyable. You know, what's interesting is that, like, we talk about, ah, oh, two more games, it, it, it's not that much. But then if you look at, like, a 100-game schedule, you know. Um, well, yeah. You know, then but, you know, what? I mean, the other scenario that might well happen, you know, people, oh, they're going to lose twice to Buffalo. Well, maybe Buffalo has that division clinched in Week 15, and maybe they play them in Week 16 or 17, and, and, and you know, Josh Allen and company don't play. I mean, that's, that's a very real scenario for I'm, them. I guess I'm thinking about baseball, you know, the 7-9, and nine, like a 70-win team versus well, a 90-win yeah, team. Granted, the percentages are not in my favor, but the money will be. Uh, I'm not so sure that the percentages aren't in your favor. I, th- I think there's a lot of bullishness now on New England. Mackenzie, what, gun to your head, what would you say that season win number is going to close for on New England this year? Eight and a half. Wow, that's a bad bet I made, isn't it? <laughs> I, did. I, I, th- I think I think the people are going to bet over eight and a half. I'm not so sure. They'll push it to nine. They're not done yet. That's no, the no, thing. No, they're exactly not right. done yet. That's exactly so right. Let's see what happens with New England, even a quarterback. You know, I, I, I agree. We'll talk after the draft. Yes, let's talk about uh, Washington. I, I think the football team really hit a home run here with Fitzpatrick. I have Fitzpatrick, my number 14 quarterback. Let me break down the math here. Alex Smith, I had my number 28 quarterback. I've got this as a two-point upgrade. People are only two points, Fez? Well, two points over 16 games is 32 points. 35 points is pretty much a game, an extra game you win. So literally $10 million to pick up an extra win, that is strong for the Washington football team. RJ, I think, brought up an excellent point. You know, in retrospect, who played Tampa Bay the, the toughest in the playoffs you know, Washington only lost by eight. They hung in there. They're down five in the fourth quarter with um, Heineken. Heineke? Hanky. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's a pretty impressive performance. You can make the case, you know, Dallas is even money to win that division, and Washington's plus 350. 
I'm not so sure if by the end of the year we don't look back and say, how the heck was Dallas favored against this really good Washington defense? Um, you know, that, that and suddenly it picked up a quarterback. McLaurin's a good wide receiver. You know, this is a team that I know they've had problems as an organization, but Dave looks like they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I get behind that bet. I mean, look at that. It's Hitman's best bet. I mean, the only two teams that can win that division are probably Dallas and Washington. And I put the Cowboys in the same category as Gonzaga, that until they do, I'm not going to bet that they will. Until they get rid of Jerry Jones, I just don't think they're going to win. One Period. more, one more uh, team that I'm bullish on, 49ers. Uh, they signed they, uh, their left tackle, 32 years old, Trent Williams. Give him a big contract. I tell you what, I think everything went wrong, and McKenzie's a resident San Francisco team, so I'm going to ask him about them. But um, I know they went 6-10 and 10 last year. Jimmy G only played six games. They only got outscored by 14 points. They were absolutely besieged by injuries. I know they're 2-1 to one to win the division. Very tough division, the NFC West. I sure think San Francisco is going to return to having a winning year this year. What do you think for a season win number? Nine and a quarter? What would you make it, McKenzie? If it was nine and a half, I'd be tempted to bet the over. I think the market might be less optimistic than me, not unusual for a fan of a team. But speaking of Trent Williams, if there was one positive, and there wasn't many, about the 49ers season last year, Trent Williams got back to his old form. He had his highest PFF grade at 92, second best in the league, best against tackles. I'm so happy that he's on our team long term. You know, staying in the NFL, we're a little bit handcuffed right now because you, you mentioned, Dave, we're pre-draft. And we've got a lot of uncertainty. The books don't want to put up season win numbers. As a pro, I love betting season win numbers because if I'm right, I win, basically. I don't have to have a team advance in the playoffs, um, or I could have a team go 11 and five, still lose the division to someone who goes 13 and three. If I'm directionally right by any measure without any key injuries, I'm going to go ahead and cash my ticket. But without those season wins, we, we're looking at division odds. And because of that more vi volatility variability on the division odds, and that's why pros. And there's more VIG, house VIG, that's hidden in those odds, so you don't see as many bets. But there's still good ones out there to have. And I think, frankly, some of the pros, and I'm going to say I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, we dismiss those bets. We say, oh, those are sucker bets usually. I'm not even going to look at it. And then I get a, a text from one of my pro better friends. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got got New England 6-1, to one, got Washington 5-1. to one. And I'm like... Got I'll be, he got like Embiid for the the MVP another needle in the haystack bet at like twenty to one before the year started, um, so you know there there can be really good bets that you can find on these. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't I don't make a lot of futures bets just because I'm not a huge fan of letting the books hold my money for well hell now it's eight months or nine months so. You know, I look them out and I advise people, but it's not something I invest in like you do. Circling back, do you have any college basketball futures bets? I do not. Well, I have Illinois 10 to 1 to win the whole thing. I gave that to you guys on the Dream Preview a couple of weeks ago. Reason I gave that, if they win at 10 to 1, well, great for me, but it's also a hedge thing. If they get into the, the final four, I might have a great hedge opportunity to just take the other team on the money line. You know, you brought up Illinois, and I know we have a, what's this, a second promotion here? that we are giving out with our dream preview that um, we're using a code that sounds like Illinois. McKenzie, what are the details on that? That's right. Both of you guys are high on Illinois and have been calling them the second best team behind Gonzaga. And this promo code is another celebration. It's going to be $10 off the two great men you hear today, Dave Essler, Steve Fezzik, $10 off. And the code is Illinois 10, but it's not Illinois 10. 
ILL10. Five characters, ILL10 is a promo code. $10 off anything that these guys want to release, ILL10. Great work by McKenzie summarizing all that. And, you know, great work back in his home studio, Sleepy Jay, who does all the editing on these pods, including the um, the marathon pod from last night that uh, did break down all the college basketball games. Um, Sleepy Jay is absolutely the best. Keep up the great work, Sleepy. Let's talk a little Chicago Bears puzzling. Andy Dalton signed for 10 mil plus incentives. You know what? The Bears have done a tremendous job accumulating slightly better than average backup quarterbacks, <laughs> but they need one of them to start is the problem. So it's interesting. I have Trubisky, Foles, and Dalton. I have them all rated as being one and a half points worse than an average quarterback, Dave. So, And how many dollars do you have tied up? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so, I, so, wh- where are you? Where are the rest of your weapons? I uh, well, you got a a Rob, right? And that's the their wide receiver. And I said weapons plural. And um, you know what? I'll say this: um, Jimmy Smith made one of the greatest. I think it was Jimmy Smith, right there. Made one of the greatest touchdown catches. Um, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Thank you. Thank you. Um, in the their playoff game, the last play of the season. But to kind of summarize, Bears will be Bears. The clock ran out when he caught it, so they didn't get to complete their extra points. So <laughs> Jimmy Graham left with the football, walked out of the stadium. He's gone from the Bears. They still got like 19 tight ends. They'll be fine <laughs> there with um, Komet and company. However, they didn't cover that game, and I, I don't think they could cover a, a bunch of games with Andy Dalton, who had some great years, three-time Pro Bowler, last Pro Bowl 2016, I believe, but really mediocre numbers the last two years, and he had a whole lot of weapons with Dallas. Yeah, I don't understand that at all, Fez. And, you know, if Houston wasn't Houston, I think the Bears could possibly be the brunt of the jokes in terms of moves that just don't make any sense For to me. I mean, obviously, it makes sense to them. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't see the upside there, short or long term. Yeah, and I, I always thought, you know, the Bears could be like Pittsburgh. Um, I've always been a, a guy that says, you know, it's difficult to attract and retain free agents in cities like Buffalo, like Detroit, that don't have a history of winning and the like. But, um, you know, if you got Pittsburgh and you got Chicago and really loyal fans, you know, there's a lot to be said for there's positives to be playing and living in those cities and that you should be able to go ahead and attract talent. But for whatever reason, the Bears just continue to struggle. And I got to be honest, whenever they play the Packers at home, it's, it's an auto bet. It seems like a yeah. home game for for Green Bay. That just yeah. are there really that many people that drive down Interstate ninety five? Uh, the Packers and, got such a huge following. When I when I lived near Tampa Bay, this is going back a while when the uh, Bucks were in the same division as the Packers, and the Bucks weren't any good, didn't have any fans. It literally was a home game for the Packers and the Bears. I mean, it was eighty percent visiting fans. It, while we're talking about um, organizations that have made poor decisions. Well, I think the Cincinnati Bengals always come to mind. And let's talk about one of their players, A.J. Green, who just signed an $8 million, $6 million guaranteed contract with the Arizona Cardinals. You know, Arizona already has a geriatric wide receiver in Fitzgerald, who by all accounts is the greatest guy you would ever meet, man of the year, et cetera. And now I guess A.J. Green can do a lot of community service with them. A.J. Green turns 33. <laughs> end of July, and he frankly just had 
one of the worst seasons you will ever see a starting wide receiver have with the Bengals. I have the numbers on him, Dave. It's shocking. It is. It is. When when they throw the ball, the Bengals, it didn't matter if it was um, Burrow, uh, Ryan Finley. Um, regardless, 68% of the time, the ball got caught. Unless they were throwing to A.J. Green, then it only got caught 45%, so less than half. Right. Horrendous. Now you're saying, well, maybe they threw a lot of bombs to A.J. Green. No. A.J. Green only averaged 11 per catch when he did catch the ball. And just uh, clearly was unable to get any separation over the course of the year. You look at T. Higgins, you look at Tyler Boyd, and clearly A.J. Green was, and I'm being kind, the third best wide receiver on that team. And I frankly didn't go deep into the Bengals' depth chart. I don't know if he would even be that. And now Arizona is paying $6 million for him. Help me out, Dave. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. I think it's an insurance policy in case – Fitzgerald at his age gets hurt and whatnot. I think the it, it, I think it might benefit Green. Obviously, a change of venues gonna, from Cincinnati is going to benefit anyone. But Green doesn't have to be like the man. I mean, in Cincinnati for years, he was Cincinnati. He was the wideout. He was the go-to. Doesn't have to be out there. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. I mean, the first thing I thought of was, well, what does that do to Kyler Murray's MVP odds? I'd be curious to know what they are now and what they were yesterday. You know, I know in the division odds. It's going to be really difficult for Kyler Murray to win MVP when he's in last place. And I can tell you that Arizona— now, I didn't say he was going to win yeah. MVP. i just curious. People tend to instantly overreact to everything. Yes, and I know I know that the odds are on Arizona are close to 6-1 to one, as opposed to the big three in that division. You know, they're all you know, plus 250 or lower. So clearly, Arizona, many people feel— they're like the 16th, 17th best team in the NFL, but boy, they're they're just up against it, having to play against Seattle, having to play against the Rams. You know, in that division, San Francisco should be much better. Uh, McKenzie thinks they're going to win 10 games. No, I think McKenzie, you think they're going to win 11 games, right? Who's going to win 11 games? San Francisco. Oh, I thought they're going to go 12 and five, 17 games. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and oh, research, yeah, yeah. oh research. that just makes my Patriots bet even better. <laughs> yeah, research, that's a good point. That. Um, you want out? You want to buy out? I, I, I'm going to do RJ now. You want to buy it back? <laughs> Calm down, everyone. Uh, there's certainly been talk about adding a 17th game. Um, let me go to McKenzie, our stellar researcher. How likely is it that that proposal is going to c- come through? Peter King, prominent NFL writer, Monday, Monday morning quarterback guy. Says it's a done deal. Don't even don't even consider sixteen games, seventeen games. Interesting. 16. So I, you know, and I knew about this. So my apologies. All the discussion that I've made so far in this pod assumes a sixteen game um, schedule. So take all the numbers I may have thrown out and multiply it by seventeen sixteenths, or better yet, just add half a game <laughs> to everything. And Dave Esler. Wow. All I got to do is go one game over five hundred now. There you go. There, now this is interesting. Do you, do you want to settle now? You, like, it's what was it, our bet? Three hundred bucks. It's interesting. What? You didn't even correct me when we made three hundred dollar bet when I was making that nine and a half number. Like you. Like, I didn't like, correct oh, you. On, I didn't correct you on what? You didn't. You, well, you didn't remind me. Fez, there's seventeen games. I. I quite frankly. Had to be reminded myself. So hmm. I'll give you the, what was that? That was for 300 bucks? It's fine. It's fine. You, you, if you give me two now, we'll call it good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so generous. It's like a, sur- that's like a surrender. I, by the way, like in Blackjack, they have that surrender that you bet $100. Right. And if you draw a line above your bet, you're surrendering and you get back half of the bet. And the math is that you should only surrender if you're going to win 25%, less than 25% of the time. So it's correct. And boy, it's been so many years to surrender a 15 against a 10, a 16 against a 10. 
and I believe a 16 against an ace. And um, a lot of these depend upon what the running count is. They're close. But um, you're actually going to win those hands less than 25% of the time. Actionable info. I love it. I thought it was a sucker bet always to surrender, but you're saying three hands, it's a right to surrender. Yes, and the, the thing about surrender, I, I'm sorry, we're going to do three minutes on blackjack. No, we're going to do 30 seconds on you blackjack. You can do three minutes. Uh, you know, have at it. Um, surrender is like the counter's dream. They love surrender, and here's why. Because when the count skyrockets, you surrender more hands. You'll surrender a 14 against a 10. Um, you'll surrender a 15 against a 9. And guess what? It is a variance reducer. So if you make these really big bets, you're normally betting 25, and now you got $500 out there, and you get hit with the 15 against a 10, you know you're dead. You know that the, the, the count is sky high in 10s. All you can do is stand and hope the dealer flips a baby over and busts, which is the correct thing to do if you can't surrender. But most counters love surrender because – it enables them to have less variance in their play. And also, um, when you surrender, then you don't use up any cards, and boom, you move on to the next hand, so you get more hands in the 10 and ace um, uh, enriched decks remaining until the cut card. My little blackjack. Um, that was many, many years That was well done. Ago. That I was well done. I played a lot of, I'm impressed. I played a lot of blackjack, you know, so, although I will say this. I bet you do still play. On occasion, but, like, I get a 14 against a 10, and I think I'm supposed to surrender if the true count's plus three, but I'm not even sure. I'm just guessing now. So, I'm, you know, because I, I used to have all the charts memorized. Well, you you do all right by me, memorizing the, memorizing all those kind of things. That's above my pay grade, mm. Fez. <laughs> just like a chess opening. You just memorize the moves. They stay with you most of the time. Um, dealer's choice, NFL, any topic, and actually NFL, college football, any football topic. Football topic? I thought we were here primarily to talk about basketball. Football is your thing. You do that 365. All right. I think, you know what? I think we're going to give a football bonus FCS best bet. And I'm going to wing this without looking at any notes. So uh, we did okay on that blackjack thing. Yeah, we went, um, we're on a 3 0 run on our FCS best bet. So, Fez, FCS best bet. I'm going to go VMI plus three. Mackenzie, see if you can look up and if you can find this game. It's still the plus three is available playing Samford. And this is a bet against a team that we backed last week. I made a huge bet on Samford. They're playing Wolford. Samford was catching points. They closed the favorite, minus two. Samford won by six. Market is three. A few three and a halfs out there. Oh, very good. I'll take the three and a half if that's widely available. Um, the bet last week. I was betting on Sanford, now I'm betting against. Now, wait a minute. What happened, Fez? You won with Sanford. Well, I wasn't betting on Sanford last week. I was betting against Wolford, woeful Wolford, that has so many crippling cluster injuries on the defense, they can't stop anyone. And that's exactly what happened. Stanford put up 36, and they were clinging for their lives, up six late in the game, and got a turnover to preserve the win. Now, they would have covered regardless because they were catching. we were catching points when we bet them. But um, I thought it was a poor performance by Sanford. Now they're having to play a VMI team that's 3-0, that's won their last two games in a blowout. For the life of me, I can't understand why Sanford is favored, especially because it was somewhat of a fortunate win last week where they're plus two in turnovers. So we're going to zigzag. We were on Sanford last week. This week we're going to fade Sanford. We are on VMI plus 3.5. Bold prediction. VMI closes the favorite by the time this game kicks off. I'm curious where you get all that information. Do you just like how do you how do you I mean I, I'm honest question. How do you land on that game? I mean, do you have 
like a source that puts you on it? Do you I, look at every single game and go, whoop, VMI? How do you get there? Well, my, my buddy Brad Powers, uh-huh. uh, pregame alum, uh, put me on to betting against Wolford last week. So I was following it on the box right, score. Right. Well, then you can try to parlay it. And the then I was game. like, oh, right. no more betting on this crappy Stanford team, right. whatever I do. Right. You know, we got we, we, we got our win. And, and, and you probably have that situation where you bet on a team, you cash your ticket and say, never again, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm fading them next week. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to open up to McKenzie, Dior's choice on the NFL. McKenzie, anything you want to talk about? I'm going to call an audible. Me and uh, Dave Esler were talking yesterday that we should have a golf tournament for pregame. Speaking of pregame alums, and with a little bit of work, a little bit of help from Sleepy and Esler, I came up with these odds. Uh, I'm wait a minute, wait a think. minute. There was no help from Esler on those odds. You told me that you should be the favorite, didn't you? No. Okay, well, I, I deduced that from your from your winning tournaments in Florida. What well, do you think of these odds, Fez? Here we go. Uh, Dave Esler. Even. I was like plus 250 yesterday. Even I changed money. It. I changed it. Uh, AJ Hoffman plus 350. Sleepy J, 6 to 1. Fezzik, 650. Hitman, 12 to 1. No RJ Bell. Interesting. McKenzie, 15 to 1. Just to let you know, I, I know what's going on here. McKenzie does not want to put RJ's odds up and insult RJ, so he just left him off completely. Am I correct? <laughs> That's a good point. I, I've never talked to him about golf, so I didn't want to have imperfect information. Well, I mean, how often have you talked to. AJ about golf. No. I mean, you, you base that assumption <laughs> on the fact that he's a he's a big big strong guy. So correction: make RJ minus two hundred at the top, and then the rest of the same. <laughs> I'll I'll take Dave Essler minus two fifty against the field. Yeah, I, I'm curious what happened at the book overnight. I mean, I, I thought it was a lot, too, of, a lot of hits. A lot I of mean, money I mean in. to tell you, <laughs> Dave, you shoot about a seventy-seven. I'm guessing. I have what? at times. I mean, there you, you know, go. Yeah. It, it depends. All right, I'm going to give you my my golf best bets in Vegas before we go to. Uh, NBA here depends what you're looking for, but if you're looking for really a great course on steroids in Mesquite, which is about 80 miles away, there's a course called Wolf Creek. I love that course. It's one you'll remember it the rest of your life if you play it in Mesquite. If you want to go the other direction, there's a course in Prim, Nevada called Prim Golf Course that is exceptional as well. If you're an average golfer uh, not looking to spend a lot on, on a budget, Boulder Creek is an excellent choice. In Vegas, and you're just out with the family, want to have a good time, have smaller children, go to Angel Park. They have an exceptional par three, 12 holes course, and they have a putting course as well. So Angel Park is a best bet for the families out there. Let's go to where do you come up with that information? How do you how do you absorb all this stuff and be able to just recite it? Uh, friends with Brady Cannon. Well, I get it. I mean, I know Brady, too, but yeah, you just rattled that off like it was a commercial. Uh, that was great. I talk a lot with Brady, another former Super Contest winner uh, here locally. does a great job with everything that he does. Let's talk NBA a little bit. Um, I haven't spoken to McKenzie. R.J. Bell recommended an MVP bet, bets, and he's been talking about this quite a bit. Things have shaken up a little bit because I know that Embiid, this was the greatest bet ever, and that R.J. recommended Embiid at like plus 550, and he was down to a co-favorite with Le- LeBron at like plus 175 for each of them. Hyperextended knee out two to three weeks. I think the if you can shoot up the latest MVP odds on the board, but I believe that we've seen um, a movement on, if you can make that a little bit bigger, um, that Embiid is like right around seven to one. And, and in fact, McKenzie, why don't you read the top five guys right now? Sure. LeBron is your favorite, plus 150. Jokic, big move since the Embiid injury from 6-1, to one, now plus 225, second favorite. 
Joel Embiid, he talked about it. He was the favorite. Now he's six to one. Won't play for a couple weeks. Then you got a big cluster with Steph Curry, James Harden, Giannis, and Luka Doncic. You know, it's interesting because I think only three guys can win this, Dave. Uh, certainly LeBron can win it. The number two choice, Jokic, I don't think has any chance to win. Denver is slightly above 500. And if I'm going to vote for a guy in the Rocky Mountains, I'm going to take someone from Utah that's having a historically good year for their team, not some joker from Denver. Um, I know I'm kidding a little bit, but I certainly can't see him getting support. Obviously, if Embiid, if he could come back and play all the games, but that's not likely. Curry, I just saw Curry just get blasted again by the Lakers. What's that, the second time that they've lost by 30 to the Lakers in like a week, McKenzie? Yeah, uh, the quote after the game from Curry is, we got to stop getting blown out. Very well said, Curry. Not we got to stop losing. We just <laughs> got to stop, stop getting, getting blown out. Yeah, Curry <laughs> took his three-minute break to start the fourth quarter and turned into an extended stay on the benches. They got down 27. Uh, and Harden just keeps trending upward. I could certainly see Harden win, and you know, I don't. Giannis isn't going to win again. He he's having a down year versus prior years. Ah. Uh, yep, thirty-three to one when RJ gave it out on March the second. Two days later, it was twenty to one. Now it's twelve to one on Harden. And RJ Bell, we trust. I I got to tell you, I think Harden. I think LeBron's going to win. But if LeBron has any kind of injury or load management, and he really scales back, or if the Lakers slump, which they could without AD, certainly. I only have them as a power rating three points better than an average team. I think we're in a situation where Harden, I think, is like the second most likely guy to win. So I think uh, strong bet still. Uh, you said Harden 16 to 1 now? 12 to 1. 12 to 1. Okay. Um, oh, I'm glad you brought up 12 to 1. That's a great segue. A couple more NBA topics. Phoenix. RJ recommended this one as well. Phoenix to win the Pacific Division. Dave. Three uh, possible teams that can win the Lakers, the Clippers, and Phoenix. Phoenix has the lead now by a game. And, you know, Phoenix, power rating-wise, I've got this team rated through the roof now. They're my third-best team. I got them better by half a point than the Clippers. Regular season power rating, given they already have the lead and they've got the best power rating. McKenzie, I think that Phoenix is going to win this division close to half the time. Your thoughts? I tend to agree with you. The Clippers have never, you know— stretched out months of competitive basketball in a row in this new iteration and the lakers they're just not that good without ad i think they're three and ten ats i mean they've played some bad teams so they have a winning record but i don't think they're going to be you know the number one team in the conference which you have to be to make that gap i mean i'm sorry i'm thinking about mvp but i don't i don't think they're going to play be that good you know frankly and i think the suns regular season team i think it's a pretty good bet at three to one obviously much better a couple weeks ago 12 to one yeah i have to i have to agree with mckenzie there phoenix has the the best road record in the western conference and that's if you can't win on the road you can't win and uh speaking of a really great bet you know we're gonna do one more time i want to rj so good with these brackets i know mckenzie earlier in the podcast you gave out the code for that. You want to go ahead and pop that in, uh, let the listeners know one more time about how they can get R.J. Bell's dream bracket with all of the input from his experts. Absolutely. It's March Madness. It's back. It's a celebration. We missed it last year. We missed it dearly, but it's back. Sign of things to come. Everything coming back to normal. And that code is 6460. 60 teams make the main part of the tournament. $60 off, so that $64 package for these two brackets will be only four dollars once you enter the promo code 64666460 strong stuff all right it's best bet time you know dave normally we have to pop in your best bet 
when um, you're going ahead and calling it in from Florida. You're here in person. Big dance. What's your strongest play? Well, in addition to Santa Barbara, I like Liberty plus seven and a half points over Oklahoma State. The Cowboys probably have the first overall selection of the draft with six eight Cade Cunningham. Everybody knows that, but I don't have any faith in their supporting cast. They lost five or six down the stretch. Their only good win this year was in January over Alabama at home. I know Alabama don't go there, Fez. But they got a habit of playing teams close and not finishing. They had a ton of three to three to five point wins. So I give them credit for knowing how to win, but I don't give them credit for knowing how to get margin. They're just 13 to nine ATS, which isn't horrible, but it's enough to make me not lay those points. Then I look at Liberty. This game is going to be a total battle for pace. Liberty walks the ball up. Cowboys push it up. Oklahoma State lost to TCU twice this year. TCU is not as good as Liberty. What does TCU have in common with Liberty? They walk the ball up. So for me, that slow pace, I don't know how I don't take Liberty over Oklahoma State at plus seven and a half. Okay, two questions for you. Certainly the Oklahoma State win against Baylor was a premium win. we got to give them some credit for that, or maybe not so much just because it was a conference tournament. Maybe Baylor wasn't fully focused. Well, I'm going to go with the market here, too, as well. I mean, this game opened eight and a half. It's down to seven and a half. So I have a lot of sharp people that agree with me. I'm not going to look back at the Baylor game. I, I just think that was that was probably the outlier. Baylor, Oklahoma State. I mean, I watched most of that game. They they played as well as they possibly can. I don't think they will against Liberty. One more question. Um, any correlation to the under? Do you think if Liberty covers... I think it's Liberty be... and under or Oklahoma State and over. So maybe sprinkle part of your bet in a two... Bet Liberty, but right. sprinkle some of the plus seven and a half with the under a- Absolutely. as well. Good, good point. All right. I like that. So Dave... Essler on Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> I'm going to go to a total here. Oral Roberts, Ohio State. I'm going to go over 155.5 for my best bet. Let's face it. Whenever we see like a 215 type of game, we look for the undermanned team to slow it down, to go ahead and try to muck up the game, like Liberty is going to do against exactly. Oklahoma State. Exactly. But that's not going to happen with this game nope. because Oral Roberts has one speed, fast and we saw that you know they played some really good teams over the course of the year and i took a look at when they played um tournament teams that like to run earlier this year the average number of points put up was 160 and clearly oral roberts was like hey this is how we play this is this is what we do we run and if you've been watching ohio state they love to get up and down the court as well and they will welcome with their better athletes going up and down the court as well because of that Somewhat of a high total, 155.5. I think it only inflates. I'm going to take Oral Roberts, Golden Eagles, I believe, or the Bobs, um, and Ohio State. I believe they're the Buckeyes to go over the 155.5. I totally concur with that. You know, if Ohio State has any if Ohio State has any vulnerabilities, it's on defense. And yes, I, I, I know that number's been bet up, but I still don't think it's 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 too high. I, I love that bet. I still think Ohio State might be a little bit overrated. They had a nice run in the Big Ten tournament. I can't get past the the fact that they beat Michigan with Livers right after Livers got hurt that first game, and then they were down by 15 against Illinois. They got a wounded Minnesota team. So a lot went right for Ohio State. But like, if if you ask me, one Big Ten team that I don't think that's going to go deep in the tournament, it might be those Ohio State Buckeyes. Of course, I'm saying this when RJ is not around. Ohio State alum, your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I agree with that, and I'll tell you why. I think Ohio State has always been, and it's because RJ's not here, I'll go ahead and say it, a little bit soft. <laughs> I mean, they are. I mean, the physical teams, 
really give them a problem. I mean, I, I think they'll beat Oral Roberts, but I think Oral Roberts will keep up. But Oral Roberts plays the same style as Ohio State does, and it's it's bad. I mean, what what bracket are they in? What, let's look let's look at who they play. They're a two seed. Find them for me. We, let's find out where they're going to lose, Fez. They're going to lose in the South uh, to Arkansas. They're not even going to get to lose to Baylor. Arkansas will probably take them out. I yeah, well, it seems chance. like Florida and Virginia Tech, either one of those, the styles they play might give them a little bit of trouble. Utah State or Texas Tech will give them a little trouble. So, yeah, Ohio State's going to have a earlier-than-R.J. wants exit. You know, and I was on the over in the Ohio State-Oral Roberts game. A.J. Hoffman earlier, I know he thinks Ohio State, well, I don't know if he thinks they're soft, but he doesn't think that much of them because he is on Oral Roberts as well, plus 16 for his best bet. That's the best bet from yesterday's mega marathon pod so some really good stuff kept it nice and tight here 70 minutes we talked college basketball the big dance we talked brackets some nfl talk nba talk and even an fcs best bet within the pod dave it's been a pleasure having you in vegas any closing thoughts any throw it out there dealer's choice any more topic that you would like to discuss we can go into that pregame golf tournament a little more at some point in time that definitely intrigues me I mean, I, I got it. Props to McKenzie for coming up with that. And uh, I don't necessarily like being the favorite. I prefer to be the underdog, but it is what it is. I, I, I think we should really push that. Well, what, I, what do you think of your odds, Feds? Feds? Well, I can tell you, I can tell you what's going to happen is that, McKenzie, what I need you to do is we're going to play. What, what's, what's the format where one player hits the ball and then another player hits the ball? A scramble? Not a scr- no, not a scramble. Oh, alternating shots. Alternating shots. Right. And we're gonna we're gonna pair you, Dave, with let's just say maybe not your ideal partner. We might give you McKenzie. <laughs> That's fine. I, I could strategize that out. I there mean, you we, go. Know, we get to go to the range for a little bit and see what the strengths are. So we'll yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll do I've done that go. plenty of times. And I've actually if the way you play that game, sometimes it's whoever makes the last putt, the next guy tees off. I love that strategy because I will miss a putt on a hole we're going to lose. So he has to make it, and I get to tee off. So alternating shots, optimal strategy. We will address that. We'll get back to you on the odds at a later date. Uh, really good stuff. One caution to everyone. Hey, you know what? We're all excited. The tournament's here. We all cheated out of the tournament last year. Bet within your bankroll, not beyond it. It's um, it's. We never want to make it sound like gambling is easy to win. So go ahead and enjoy the tournament. Don't overbet it. Hopefully we make some money together. Thank, I want to thank all the listeners for coming on and helping us um, or, or, or listening to the content of the podcast and being a part of pregame and all that we're putting out to you. It's a labor of love and R.J. Bell, myself, Dave Essler, A.J. Hoffman. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much, and have a fantastic tournament.